Hey, good morning and welcome, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Training Group, and our toll-free number, 800-951-0592. My lovely wife, Sarah, is here today. Uh, Arlene's on vacation. Wendy's off. Sarah's covering for us. I asked her if she wanted to come on the air. Uh, She said no thanks, so uh, maybe next time. The website at allamericangold.com and how you doing. We had so many things happening over the last couple of days that we'll get to. Uh, one of the big things, GNC. Uh, my wife actually told me about it. I, I didn't, I hadn't seen anything about it. But, you know, GNC, they, the, it's the vitamin store, right, for, for lack of a, a better term. My wife said to me yesterday while I was off, we were uh, we went to the mall. I was telling the story the last hour. We went to PV Mall here in Arizona, and this is a mall. It's been emptying out. Like the last time I was in it, it was probably you know forty, maybe fifty percent empty. Uh, we went in it yesterday. Uh, it's like eighty percent empty. I mean, it's incredible how many stores have gone. Uh, but GNC now saying that it is going to close 900 locations. I don't know. Is that all of them? Uh, they said decreased traffic at mall locations out of GNC's 800 current mall locations. Uh, the company said uh, that they're going to keep... Uh, 500 of those are going to close. They got 4,000 locations. So they're, they're, they're closing 25% of their stores, just under 25%. So of the 4,000 GNC stores, uh, 900 more are closing. And I just saw this, Barney, uh, you know, the, not the purple dinosaur, but the, uh, uh, the high-end uh, retailer, if you will, Looks like they've just hired banks, bankruptcy lawyers as well, and I wouldn't be surprised if J.C. Penney's is getting ready to file bankruptcy again. They've denied it, but uh, the lawyers and people that they've brought in this advisory committee, uh, a lot of them uh, with bankruptcy financing experience, as the the gutting of the old American Mall continues out there, and I saw it firsthand. Uh, like I said, in not a bad area. You know, that's the thing. Like, I, some of these malls, I get, like, Metro Center out here. That area is a little rough. Uh, maybe that makes sense that that mall was struggling. But but uh, PV Mall is pretty, still a pretty good part of town. Uh, empty. And, I mean, like, they, they could pretty much take a bulldozer to that. Thing. That's probably what's going to happen. They'll take a bulldozer, and I'm sure we'll get condos or apartment buildings uh, or something like that. Uh, today we had the ECB out, so the European Central Bank, right? It's it's kind of like Central Bank time. So they were out today, right? Our meetings next week, so next Wednesday, uh, we're supposed to get this this in what they're calling the insurance rate cut is supposed to be coming. People weren't um, they weren't thrilled with the ECB today. Very very dovish. But not quite dovish enough. They're not. They didn't cut rates this time. Uh, they're they're setting up for a big rate cut in September, uh, and they were calling for 
uh, more QE, uh, also saying to, to their governments that make up the EU, you got to spend more money, uh, but but still not quite dovish enough. Uh, gold's down five. Uh, the Dow's down 130 points. Uh, even silver's off a little bit. Another, by the way, what a great, great uh, year it's been for both gold and now silver uh, showing signs of life here. And, and uh, I think we're just getting started. We got GDP coming up tomorrow. Now, last year, this quarter, was the high water mark. Uh, right, the Trump tax cuts and all that stuff had a, a 4.2% GDP number. Right now, I, I, everybody's expecting something between 1.2 and, say, 2.4. Uh, the Atlanta GDP forecaster, they just updated it, just updated it about uh, about 40 minutes ago. They're down to 1.3. Uh, 1.3. I, I don't know where it kind of looks like, not kind of, it looks like this number is going to be below 2%. Uh, I'll give you all the details. We had GDP out today. Uh, the housing data and the GDP, uh, the GDP data. We had existing home sales on Tuesday, which we talked about right way down. We had new home sales yesterday, which I'll, I'll tell you what that one looked like. Uh, and then the GDP number today, the big theme in these numbers was they went back into May. They, these were June numbers, by the way. They went back into May. Uh, they went back into April, and they revised everything lower. Uh, so home sales, which hasn't been great, uh, got revised even lower. GDP, which, or not GDP, durable goods, which hasn't been great, revised even lower, uh, which got everybody kind of lowering uh, GDP expectations, which sets up for that Fed rate cut. We'll be back right after the break. Eight hundred nine five one zero five nine two. So we had uh, economic data out today. Uh, durable goods uh, came out, and this was a very interesting number. the The headline number was up two percent. Which at first, when I see the headline, I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's that's a better number than I thought," uh, especially. Uh, considering uh, what we've been seeing out of the manufacturers and, and, and re- most of what we've been seeing a lot, all the things we're hearing out of Boeing. Wow. That's another one. We'll, we'll talk about Boeing here in a minute. But that was the largest loss. They reported while I was gone the largest loss ever for Boeing uh, issues with the, with the plane. And doesn't look like they're they're having any luck in figuring out uh, this software issue, uh, I, I'll say this: they had they outsourced it to India. The, the writing of that software, uh, nine dollars an hour they paid, uh, and you know what? You get what you pay for. But uh, anyway, the headline number came out, and I was like, "Wow, that's real. That's a good number." And then you read the details. They actually went back to May 
and April uh, and just whacked it. Uh, May, May, they took a full point off of May, took a half a point off of of uh, April as well. And so the GDP number, uh, without those adjustments, would have been obviously much, much lower, which is what I would have expected. Uh, so the markets were a little disappointed in that because they went with they went into uh, you know business investment and some of this other stuff and made big adjustments uh, in in May and in April and then new home sales. So I told you existing home sales bad number new home sales. The headline said up, but again same thing. They went into May and in April. And just, I mean, whacked the home sales. Uh, so June, uh, even though it was up, it was still way below expectation. And now the Atlanta Fed GDP tracker on July 25th, they said it was going to be 1.6. So we're getting ready for the GDP number tomorrow. Today they updated it. And based upon the new data that's come in since the 25th, They've revised it even lower now to 1.3% uh, and, and all kinds of different factors in, in play here. But uh, if we get a number close to 1, I'll be surprised, right? That 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 means uh, things are, you know, and again, we have that thing where the, the, it's a weird economy, right? Let's, let's call it what it is. It's weird. Right, I mean, we're we're sitting here spending, you know, really we're sitting here spending 1.6, 1.7 trillion more than we're taking in, and we're talking about a a slowing economy, and we're we're talking about, hey, we're going to go from 4.2 second quarter last year to 1. something this year, you know, and now part of it, see, and they always do this. By the way, I got to throw this in there. All of this stuff seasonally adjusted. All of it seasonally adjusted. And when you look at seasonal adjustments, part of the reason uh, that this number is going to be extra low is because of the adjustment they were making last. Remember the first quarter, they said 3.1, and I told you it really wasn't 3.1. It was more like 2%. We're going to get, it's going to come back here in the second quarter, uh, and we'll take a look at it. But uh, trade. Uh, trade deficit number seventy four billion was the trade deficit uh, this this month, or well, I guess the June number seventy four billion more dollars leaving the United States uh, than coming into the United States, uh, and, and and of course that has a negative effect on growth. And this is one of the things that that bothers me. You know, we're talking about the Chinese trade deal, which we got to hold our ground. Uh, I'm all in favor of getting the other $300 billion, but that looks like since in, in – uh, remember I played that clip. Kramer said, hey, the $300 billion can come at any time. In the one day that I was off, they're now talking about, hey, it's going to take a little longer, and, and it looks like that's off the table. I don't know, but – I guess we're going to fly over there next week again and, and all that stuff. Uh, but when's enough enough? You know, when, when you're talking about actual goods, 
actual goods, if you take away the banking stuff, we're 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 talking about close. We're closing in on a trillion dollars a year leaving the United States, uh, and people uh, acting like that's not a big thing or that's not a big deal. Uh, and, and of course, uh, it's going to have a you know a negative effect again. And it does every quarter, right? Uh, trade deficit numbers always have an effect. But of course, remember they seasonally adjust it now so they can uh, minimize all these effects of all this wealth leaving the United States. But you think about we got a 1.7 trillion dollar deficit. We buy a trillion more dollars worth of stuff from. Uh, everybody else, and they actually buy from us. And of course, let's face it, right? We got to invest in these companies because they, they're quote unquote, you know, these American multinationals that build everything somewhere else. And and I just, I just think that as we watch all of these things play out, it's very obvious where we're headed. None of this is payable. Everybody knows it. I was watching the East, the head of the ECB coming out talking about, hey, we're going to give rate cuts. We're going to we, we, we're 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 even talking about more quantitative easing. Maybe we'll start buying stocks. Even right, everybody's got to spend a bunch of money. Uh, nobody here talks about you know. Forget about balanced budgets. We don't even have offsets. We we just had a an agreement to raise the debt ceiling. Right, we don't do it by a number anymore. Instead, we just set it, set it for years. Right? Ah, we'll talk about it a couple more years. You know, what, what, what's another what's another four trillion dollars? Right? We'll we'll deal with it later. And oh, by the way, to get that done, right? Just to raise the debt ceiling. What did we agree to do? Oh. We'll agree to raise it if we spend even more money. I mean, it makes actually no sense. We were supposed to have these the debt ceilings. We're supposed to tell Congress, hey, listen, guys, maybe we need to talk about spending a little less money. <laughs> Instead, what happens now is the only way this, and, and it's, it's a new trend. But for the last, what, four or so debt ceiling increases, it, have you noticed that it always comes with huge spending? Hey, we'll increase it, but you got to spend another $320 billion, right? Otherwise, right, we're going to shut down the whole government and, and uh, we're going to let everybody, we're going to let the cat out of the bag that we actually really can't pay for it, right? Because if you didn't increase the debt ceiling, right, we would end up defaulting because uh, we, we, we don't have the money. We don't have the money. Right? You're you're spending one point seven trillion dollars more than you take in. And right now without it, right, we, we got about six months. We can pay about six months worth of bills. And that's about it. Right? And then and then the you know, the federal government's emergency fund, which is really just playing with numbers on a spreadsheet, runs out and then not enough revenue comes in to pay the bills. But I, you know, when you see things happen like that, and you're like, "Wait a minute, shouldn't we have done the opposite?" Right? Help. Here's the debt ceiling again, guys. Hey, maybe we we should cut three hundred billion dollars, 
right? And of course, here's the reason they they can't. Most of this stuff, there's no discretionary spending by Congress is the smallest part of the budget. I mean, just Social Security, Medicare, right? You're talking, there, there's a couple of trillion dollars just in those two programs. Defense is, what, three-quarters of a trillion dollars? Interest on the debt, that's another $400, $500 billion. And essentially, just those four items... And you spent all of the tax revenue that is brought into the federal government on just those four items. Uh, so it's no wonder. What is the rest of the world doing? Buying gold. Russia today announced it's purchased another 18.67 tons of gold. Uh, and just so you know, a ton of gold is 32,100 in 50 ounces. So you're talking about uh, 18.67 tons. That's like that's like six million ounces of gold, and that's a month. And Russia does it every single month. By the way, their gold holdings now uh, over 2,200 metric tons. Uh, in addition to Russia buying. The Chinese have been buying uh, the stands, uh, Turkey, some country I can't even tell you the name. I don't even think it has any any vowels in it at all. Was buying Kazakhstan was buying, Turkey was buying. Last year was the second highest level ever. This year it could be the highest level ever uh, of central bank buying uh, around the world, and I think it really has a lot to do. Well, look at where our debts are at. Because right right now, think about it. There's not a major war yet. Right? We'll see what happens with Iran. The economy's still growing. Has it slowed? Sure. It's still growing. Right? Right? We're not in a recession. And yet, well, this year we're not going to hit the record. But it's going to be right next to the record. I think next year, I think we're going to set the record for the largest deficits ever. And, of course, really, if you took out, you know, 09 when we bailed out all the banks, right, that was, what was that number? Like almost $800 billion. So it's the only one that we haven't taken out yet. And now all of these countries are like, wait a minute. Usually how it had worked, you know, and really you can only go back to 1971, was during the bad years, the debts went up. During the good years, right, the debt would, 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 we'd still have debt, but that number would go down. And now, all of a sudden, now Obama had some down, not because he did anything great. It was just from where we were, from all the bailouts and all that stuff. But the last several years of Obama... And now all the years of Trump, we've had an economy that at least on paper, and, and quite honestly in Phoenix, we, the economy's growing here. I mean, you can't argue. I mean, I know I just told you I went into PV Mall and it's completely empty, but they're building apartment complexes and, and, and uh, things of that nature all around town. 
the the yet the the deficits they're not going up a little bit right be one thing oh well you know okay the debt yeah it went up five percent we're seeing the deficits going up first it was ten percent then it was twenty percent now we're looking at de- a deficit up thirty percent and I think a lot of people out there are starting to worry about how much longer right, this fiat system is going to be in place. And I think that's why you're seeing all the gold buying, because it makes sense. Hey, wait a minute. This is still good time. The debt should be falling. It's skyrocketing. What would happen in a bad time? Great question. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, a daily broadcast from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, a national volunteer organization founded by Phyllis Schlafly and continuing to uphold her legacy by opposing radical feminism and representing a traditional conservative perspective in our nation's capital. And now from the archives of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, here is Phyllis Schlafly. One of the big problems with family courts is that judges issue restraining orders virtually for the asking without evidence of actual domestic violence or even threat of violence. The Illinois Bar Journal explained that women use these restraining orders as a tool for the mother to get child custody and to bar the father from visitation. The journal proclaimed that these restraining orders have become the gamesmanship of divorce. The game is that mothers can assert falsehoods or trivial complaints against the father without presenting evidence and easily get a restraining order. The Fourth Amendment guarantees U.S. citizens the right to be secure in their persons, house, papers, and effects. But each year, restraining orders are issued against at least two million men without proof or even evidence. Real domestic violence is easier to prove than most crimes because medical record and forensic evidence can be clear and convincing. However, it is difficult to disprove false allegations of non-serious domestic violence, so a higher standard of proof should be essential. Family courts have avoided facing up to whether these restraining orders issued against fathers are even constitutional. Feminists have persuaded judges to issue orders that restrain the actions of people who are not criminals but are mostly husbands and fathers and punish them based on flimsy, unproved accusations. Most states do not require any standard of proof such as clear and convincing evidence. Even though these restraining orders are issued without due process required for criminal prosecutions, they still carry the threat of a prison sentence for anyone who violates them. Probably two million restraining orders are issued every year in domestic relationships. There is no evidence that they increase the overall safety of the women or the children. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. The traditional family is the building block of our communities and country. That's why it's imperative to support strong marriages, respect fathers, and champion stay-at-home moms. At phyllisschlafly.com, we oppose the liberal attempt to redefine the family. To join us, visit phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. This is the Patriot Radio News Hour, and uh, after the halfway break, just after Phyllis Schlafly Report, 
We had a bit of a technical difficulty, so we're going to pick up Joe and his insights already in progress. According to everybody, right, and I think we are, that's going to put the Fed funds rate at essentially 2%, between 2 and 2 and a quarter, right? The 10-year note's at 2. If you have like $10,000 in a savings account, maybe they're giving you a half a percent. That's Even that's getting ready to go away. So from January 1st to December 31st, how did we do? Nine hundred, and I want to I want to make sure I wrote it down here. Hold on, give me a second here. Nine hundred and eighty-six billion dollars in one year. That was twenty eighteen. Nine hundred and eighty-six billion dollars. Now, of course, the government, with their little weirdness, told us the number for their fiscal 18 was like 770 billion. Now think about think about this. If you take all expended expenditures and social welfare, that's your social security, your medicaid, your food stamps, your housing assistance and interest on the debt that equaled in 2018 3.36 trillion dollars we only took in 3.5 trillion in in taxes so now if you take all social welfare programs and the interest on the debt you got everything you got all the money but now let's let's look at what they did and you know what's so funny when I was watching the idiot box, I didn't hear anyone really comment. They all thought, oh, hey, they, they're they increasing the debt. So, okay, yeah, yeah. Right, because they get all worried when they don't, right? It's all a big game. They agreed to spend another $320 billion. I mean, that's what they agreed. Think, right? Think about how crazy it is. And then, on top of that, they didn't set a number. What they did is they set a date, right? Two years. We won't have another talk about the debt ceiling until July of 2021. Right? And you hear all these people out there, too, that say, we should just get rid of the debt ceiling thing. Right? Just get rid of it. Sure. Right? But think about what they what that meant though. Now they can spend whatever they want for two years. Right? Sure, three twenty, no problem. Hey, you want to do another three twenty next year? Sure. Why not? Because there's no number on it. These numbers are so big, let's not even put a number on it. Right? That way. Hey, we can spend what we want and not worry about it. So 986, okay? Now let's pretend that nothing costs more next year. Okay? Social Security doesn't even though even though ten thousand people a day are retired, let's pretend that Social Security doesn't go up, Medicare doesn't go up, interest on the debt, nothing goes up. 
986. Let's just round up, shall we? Let's call it a trillion. And like I said, that doesn't include anything else. And of course, they've already agreed to spend a bunch more money on a bunch of other stuff. And now I'm thinking if the tax revenue, let's just say tax revenues, which have been falling, let's say they fall a little more. Let's say we fall, you know, $100 billion more. That's $1.4 trillion. And now, according to the number, by this 2021, the actual real deficit will exceed $2 trillion a year. Gee, I wonder who told you that. Oh, yeah, the bald-headed fat guy that does this show. Patriot Radio News Hour. We'll be back after the break. 800 Just the federal government alone. We're approaching $5 trillion of spending. How did the federal government all of a sudden become, what, 20 25% of all GDP? And, and, and then think about all the other governments, the cities and the state governments and all that. I mean, government now is like a huge part of gross domestic product, isn't it? I mean, it was never supposed to be this way. No wonder why we're going broke. And then they just approved $320 billion. No one says a word. Crazy. $320 billion. You're running a trillion-dollar deficit. And really, we know that's not even the real number, right? Your fake number, your seasonally adjusted fake trillion. And your solution, when it comes time, oh, man, we got to have this debt discussion. I know. I got. I wonder what Brainiac thought about it. Hey, I got a great idea, Nancy and Chuck, right? Because right? you know the Republicans—they just want them to lift it, so the Democrats are going to tell. Let's add another three twenty. Here's the funny part: they just passed a bill in the House. It won't pass the Senate, but they just passed a bill in the House. They want to bail out the already bailed out pensions for a bunch of uh, like truckers and nurses and all the all this all these pension funds are starting to all go bust. Right? And we've talked a lot about it, but it's starting to head Congress they just passed on for more I'm thinking wait, the 320 didn't include anything for that? No. Early this year, Moody said unfunded pension liabilities amounted to $4.4 trillion. Guess what? We got a new number. And it's, you know, and I know, oh, we're up blah, 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 year to date. And, of course, year over year, you know, because of the December thing. The Dow's up, up a little bit. I don't know, 5%, 4%, 6%, 7%. And if you actually go year to date, right, it's up, what, 9%? Maybe it's 8 Not a bad year, right? The pension should be doing a little better. Apparently, they're doing even worse. They're now saying, I mean, like I said, it was 4-4. Four, four. 
The new estimate now is $6 trillion. And I'm going to tell you, neither one of those numbers is right. And, and now you're, you're sitting there going, wait a minute. I may, be, I may be way underestimating this thing. I keep telling you in 10 years, it's going to be, you know, probably 10 years now is probably $50 trillion. But two years ago, I was saying in 10 years, the debt's going to be $40 trillion. And, of course, the CBO, oh, the, the CBO estimates it's only going to be $33 trillion. Like that's somehow better. Right? And it's all awful of garbage. Right? Uh, they, they totally under, right? Well, put it this way. The CBO didn't have this $320 billion in its calculation every year, right? Add that up. You know, $320 billion times 10 that's another three point two trillion. Throw that on there. Wait, then you got to pay the interest on that. So you know, add a couple hundred billion more for that. Right? Wait, and then you got to pay for this. I didn't even, you know, factor in bailing out pensions. What if we have to pay out six trillion? And, and here's the problem: is these numbers go, go up like a trillion dollars, seemingly every six to eight months now right it just keeps getting worse we've had how many years of expansion who was it uh kennedy right kennedy right the time to fix fix a leaking roof is when the sun is shining here's what happened we had the sun shining allegedly right because let's face it we 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 fixed it with debt and and things got worse Right? All of these numbers are huge. What would happen if in five years it went up $20 trillion? I know you're like, oh, come on, that's crazy, is it? Did you really think? I mean, I remember when I started working here. A 300 and $20 billion deficit would, was huge. Now we just, ah, in order to pass a bill, let's add $320 billion. It, it, it's absolute nonsense if you think this is going to work. Why, why is it that this economy, by, even though by all means, hey, it's doing okay, doesn't feel that great? I mean, it really doesn't, does it? I mean, it's okay. Don't feel that great, right? Record homeless and all this other stuff. Why is it, right? I mean, we're spending one point six, one point seven trillion dollars more than we're taking in. This economy should feel super good, and now they're saying Atlanta Fed saying one point three GDP, and the second quarter is usually the best quarter of the year. Granted, you know, their funny business didn't help. I got I got one place I'd tell you I think I know. Uh, have you seen the size of the debt? Maybe that's what it is. Patriot Radio News Hour, final segment coming up. 800 It's going to be interesting. Uh, Dow's down a couple hundred now. Uh, matter of fact, S&P just broke below 3,000. 
the Dow 70 points away from breaking back below 27,000. Uh, economic data this this whole week wasn't good, right? So home, existing home, new home, uh, durable good, manufacturing reports, all that stuff, trade deficits, uh, not great. Gold's down seven, right? I'm not surprised by that. Everyone's going to hedge their bets. How? I guess everyone's going to wait. How low is the number going to be? Right? They they And I think, and I know it sounds weird, but this is just, I guess... Bad news is good, right? The lower, the better. Could that be? I mean, that's kind of what I'm thinking, right? I think that that people won't be that excited if the number's over two percent, right? And I'll say this: no one thinks three, four. That's gone. But uh, you know, like I said, Atlanta's down to one point three. I think consensus is like one seven, one one eight. Uh, so we'll have to see there. And then remember, we got the Fed. Right, so so Friday GDP, uh, Tuesday Wednesday we got the Fed meeting with the uh, expected rate cut announcement uh, that is supposed to be coming. So uh, a lot of people just I think right now sitting on the sidelines, uh, and that's what I, I think. Let's wait for tomorrow. I'm working on a good special for tomorrow. Let's see what happens with this GDP number. I think the lower it is, that's just my opinion, the lower it is, the the better uh, the reaction will be. Okay, right. <laughs> Let's cut rates again, which is crazy. Who would think that way? This is how you got to think now. Hey, I, I need the economy to be a little worse so the Fed can go back to zero. That doesn't make economic sense. You know that doesn't make sense. Right? It's like raise the debt limit by adding another $320 billion in debt. That makes no sense, right? Makes no sense. All of these things make no sense. And I think that's why you're seeing, right, all you know, all the central banks around the world, they're all buying gold. If they're not in the basket, of, well, China is in the basket and they buy. The other countries in the basket of currencies, right, the euro, the dollar, the pound, right, the yen, they're not buying. They're not. They're not buying. If they were buying, oh my god, that'd be the worst day ever, right? Everybody else is buying because they're like, well, wait. Here's my choices. Uh, I could buy dollars. I could buy euros. I could buy yen. I could buy pounds sterling. You know what? I don't want to buy any of those because look at their debt. Look at their debt. Look at their debt. Look at what their central bank is saying. Look at what their central bank is saying. Look at what their central bank. All these central banks of these countries I just mentioned are all saying what? More rate cuts, uh, quantitative easing, and tools in the toolkits, and all this other stuff. And they're saying, you know what? I think more gold sounds about right. And that's how you should be looking at it as well. 800. 9510592 tomorrow it's going to be all about GDP we'll see what the number is take the radio news hour everyone have a great rest of your thursday we'll get the jack out tomorrow <laughs>